Keep hope alive. Keep hope alive. I, it's this First Thessalonians 1, 1 through 10. And I don't want to read all of it, but I know some of you are out on the road, so you don't have a Bible with you, so I'm going to have to do this. It says, To the church of Thessalonica, to you who belong to God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, may blessing and peace of heart be your rich gifts from God our Father and from Jesus Christ our Lord. We always thank God for you and pray for you constantly. We never forget your love and deeds as we talk to our God and Father about you and your strong faith and steady looking forward to the return of our Lord Jesus Christ. We know that God has chosen you, dear brothers, much beloved of God. Five, for when we brought you the good news, it was not just meaningless chatter to you. Oh, no, you listened with great interest. And what we told you produced a powerful effect upon you. For the Holy Spirit gave you great and full assurance that we uh, said what we said was true. And you know how our very lives were further proof to you of the truth of our message. So you became our followers and the Lord's. And you received the message with joy from the Holy Spirit in spite of the trials and sorrows that it brought you. And 7 says, Then you yourselves became an example to all other Christians in Greece. And now the word of the Lord is spread out from you to others, everywhere, far beyond your boundaries. You're telling them like it is. You're telling them uh, the wonderful welcome that you gave us and how you turned away from idols so that uh, God now is living in you, the true God. Uh, and he is, in fact, your Lord and Savior. And they speak of how you're looking forward to the return of God's Son from heaven. And so that is 1 through 10 of 1 Thessalonians, or just thereof. And the Thessalonians, in case you were not aware, were a young church just struggling to stay alive. And the world back then, uh, it was all so dangerous. Uh, very similar to what it is now. Uh, it was full of heretics. It was full uh, of, 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 of clowns uh, preaching, but it wasn't the word. It was some stuff they had made up. Uh, full of politics and poor doctrine. And then between the wars and the rebellions, uh, around that time, it was 70 A.D., it was absolutely a mess. The temple of Jerusalem was literally destroyed. And believers were even taken captive. And it was what we call, and what the Bible called, perilous times. And I know that sounds just like today. Uh, everyone was nervous and jittery. They didn't know who or what to believe. There was a lot of cynicism and distrust. And because of this, and other reasons, there was an increase in all sorts of dependency. Just like today, with this alcohol dependency and drug use and what have you. Uh, and, and now, today, on top of that, there are literally mentally disturbed people walking the streets at any given time, in any given city, in any given state, throughout the whole world. 
And then you add in pestilence, viruses, strife, wars, rumors of wars, and our world is downright frightening. The whole world has been brought to its knees due to a virus called COVID-19. We're living in a world of chaos. And the bad thing is, this isn't even the end of the world. It's going to get worse. Uh, right now, in Africa and in parts of Asia, millions of locusts are literally flying around. And this is 2020. It, it, it sounds like biblical days. So if we don't start making better and more appropriate decisions, the future of this world is going to be slim at best. Human behavior just cannot go on as is. I don't know if you remember this, but I'm sure you should. The days of Noah, it was unsustainable. And God knew it. And just like them, we will collapse. It's just a matter of time. Somebody said, we have met the enemy. And the enemy is us. So then, preacher... What do we do? This is supposed to be keep hope alive. Well, I'm going to tell you what we do. We alter our lives according to the word of God. Romans 7 says, Oh, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? And I thank God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So then with the mind, I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. This is what Paul told the Thessalonians. And this is what he's telling us. Paul says in particular, I am thankful for three things that stand out. And this is what he's talking, this is what he's telling the Thessalonians. Your faith, your love, and your hope. And he's basically encouraging them to keep Hope alive. He says in 1 Corinthians 13, 13, there are three things that remain. So Paul is consistent here. Faith, hope, and love. And he says the greatest of these is love. Now what we want to do today to keep hope alive is we want to add to that. We need a faith that works. And we need a love that labors. And then we need a hope that endures. If one has true faith and true love and is born of the Spirit, and if you have the hope of the coming Lord Jesus Christ, we will find hope and motivation to live as we should despite whatever happens to us, personal circumstances, the state of this world, whatever, we will find the faith to stay and stand strong through the spirit of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, preacher, what is the work of faith? All right, verse nine in this message, we don't even have to say anything anymore. You are the message. 
Paul said, people come up and tell us how you've received us with open arms, how you deserted dead idols of your old life so you could embrace and serve the true and living God. You see, faith is not merely beliefs. Faith enables one to turn from what was wrong to what is right. Faith gives you the power to turn from dark and low things to light and high things. Faith helps you get away from hurtful things to healthy things. Faith says, come on, come on, leave those idols and worship a true and living God. Huh? You don't even know what happened to you. When faith gets a hold to you, I'm going to tell you something. All those cheap and tawdry things, things of low taste, you don't want them anymore. Huh? You're just different. Faith releases the Holy Spirit in your life, and next thing you know, you don't even want to curse anymore. And, 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 and please don't, 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 don't mistake this. I'm not saying you're going to walk around speaking in tongues like a lot of these folk tell you. That, that's nonsense. You know, don't you do that. That is not what I am talking about. Huh? Faith, faith makes you want to abandon all this nonsense and pick things of good taste. Things that last. Things that satisfy. Huh? For, for example, uh, I, was, I was reading a message one time about a missionary who had gone to Africa and some parts of the Amazon. And folk who, he had ran into a lot of folk who practiced voodoo. And they always carried around them, with them, uh, a, a, a gooba dust bag. And with, you know, chicken legs, chicken head, some chicken blood, rabbit feet, you know, all that stuff like that. You know, and when he started preaching to them, a lot of them just... Got rid of their gubernus bag. And so when folks would see them at the marketplace and didn't know they were Christian, they would say to them, where's your gubernus bag? And you know what these recently saved natives would tell these folks? Oh, I don't carry that anymore. I don't need it. What do you mean you don't need it? I found Christ and I don't need that anymore. And they were to tell me, tell me about this Christ. And they would take them to the, the missionary's hut. And they too would find Jesus and they too would realize I don't need this gooba dust bag anymore. It's like the old preacher say, I started to walk and I had a new walk. I started to talk and I had a new talk. You, you, let me tell you something. We might be surrounded by idol worship, but our faith looks past what we're going through and what we're dealing with. And it looks to Jesus, just like these Thessalonians did, because we know we serve a true and living God. And we don't need that gubernus bag anymore. Never mind the Easter bunny, Easter rabbit. Never mind Santa Claus. Never mind the tooth fairy. Huh? And yes, we're going to be distracted by all these things of the world. But a distraction doesn't mean we completely continue with that nonsense. 
Let it go. If you want hope and you want to keep hope alive, you got to walk away from what is not working. Of course, we're going to be distracted by idolatry. Cars, houses, television, internet, cell phones, and on and on and on. And I'm going to tell you something about that TV. It panders for our lust for comfort, for our lust for pleasure, and our lust for entertainment. It lures us to think of me, 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 me. We want to be pleasured. We want to be thrilled. We want to be titillated. We want to be comforted. You, you, folk right now can't even walk away from their cell phone for an hour. They're looking for it. Where, where's my phone? Where's my phone? If they left home without their phone and was 10 minutes from work, they would drive back home and get that cell phone. That's how bad we are. And we've got to get away from that if we want hope. Otherwise, we're going to find ourselves depressed and distressed and down and out because we're concentrating on the wrong things. TV gets us to always focus on what we want. A certain look with beauty products. Because we have made ourselves an idol. No wonder Jesus said, deny yourself. Take up your cross and follow me. Huh? The true source of our enrichment is found in Christ. Not in that gooba dust bag. It's found in ministering to others. Whatever happened to serving others? Huh? Whatever happened to looking for, uh, around where we can help someone and, and meet others' needs like Jesus said to do? Why do we always demand to be ministered to instead? We're constantly trying to end our loneliness and our emptiness and ultimately our despair. And how are we going to do it? Concentrating on ourselves or doing like Jesus said and concentrating on others? If you want hope, you've got to do what Jesus said to do. You can't continue with what you want. It's not about you. It's about Jesus. We're supposed to be becoming more like Christ. Remember that old saying that uh, when I came to Jesus... It was all of me, and you have to get to that point where it's less of me and more of him. And then you got to get to that point where it's none of you and all of him. We're searching for the wrong things. We're looking for eros and erotism. Uh, and this leads us right back to Baal worship. It's not about us or our senses. It's about Jesus. If we want to keep hope alive. These heathen or pagan practices, they have to go. Now, they are strong. But Christ is stronger. Oh, we're pervaded by porn, bell worship and idolatry. But we've got to cut it off. Huh? Got to cut it off like cancer. Huh? We got to chemo it. What we need is more Jesus, not more Eros. Verse 4 says we are loved by God. And we ought to answer back not with idolatry, 
God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Huh? And we ought to realize that. Respect that. And not be deceived or exploited by the world or deluded by the world. Because the world is getting worse. And we don't have to follow the ways of the world. Listen, I got to cut it off here. And, and we're just going to have to do a part two. And maybe even a part three. Uh, God bless you. This is Faith Worth Finding Ministries. Weekly Encouragements by Nam Ware.